<clears throat> my throat's acting funny, and this morning, I don't know if the Lord wanted me to stop preaching or what, but my voice started going, so um, if you would, open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, two places actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and then Romans chapter 7, and I'll turn on my mic, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and Romans chapter 7, um, I'm sorry I didn't get to fellowship with some of you as much uh, this afternoon. Um, I got to, I had, um, was, Pastor Evans was nice enough to let me hook up there in his office, and I did the jail ministry over Zoom, and um, so I was, I wasn't playing like Call of Duty or anything while I was in there. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I'm sure people were looking at me like, what, what was Josh doing in there? But uh, I, I was <clears throat> uh, talking to the guys in the jail. Two guys got saved this afternoon, so that's a blessing. And um, there's a lot of guys in there that have gotten saved, and um, they're, they're eating up a lot of the words. So just keep them in prayer. Um, there's a man named Michael, and the reason I'm bringing him up because he asked me to. I told him, I said, if it looks different, because it is. I said, I'm not where I normally am. And I told him I was here at, uh, at our church or at your church, and he said, well, he said, tell them to pray for me too. So there's a man named Michael. He's um, in the jail, and just, you know, if you think about it, just his name's Michael. Just keep him in prayer. So appreciate that. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, very familiar verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. Amen. Now flip over to Romans chapter 7. So, you'll hear a lot of preachers quote that, and it's true. I guess I need to go the opposite direction. So, you know, you're, you're a new creature, right? So they'll use that and they'll say, <clears throat> you shouldn't sin anymore because you're a new creature, which you shouldn't, but you do, right? So that's a good verse. That's true. But let's get into a little bit more real with it, okay? Romans chapter 7, Paul gets real honest here in Romans chapter 7. We'll start in verse 11. The Bible says, for sin, taken occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me, talking about the law, God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. That's what the law was, talked about in Galatians, as a schoolmaster to bring us into Christ. So that's what the law does. It teaches you where you are wrong. And we've already, it's obviously already been found out that we can't keep it anymore. We can't. We don't know. We can't do it. So verse 14, for we know. That's why Jesus Christ came. Amen. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. Here we go. Going to get real here. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Does that sound like anybody you know? If, I, if, I, if then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Isn't that the truth? As soon as you start trying to do right, evil shows up, doesn't it? I mean, before you even walk out the church doors, it's already waiting for you. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. So your inward man delights in the law of God. Verse 23, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. Here's the problem. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? That's the question, right? Amen. Don't you get wore out with it sometimes? Man, I just... You know, verse 25, I, I hope you feel that way. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Let's have a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for a good afternoon. I thank you for the <clears throat> good services this morning, Lord, not because I was there, but just because you have a good spirit in this church, Lord, and I just thank you for it. And I thank you for the, the people that have come this morning and uh, had the guts to come back this afternoon, Lord, and um, I thank you for them, Lord. I thank you for the allowing me to do the jail ministry this afternoon. Thank you for the two men that got saved, and 
Lord, I thank you for all the men that hopefully got exhorted and got some food. And Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you for this church, Lord. It's just a, a really good-spirited church, Lord. And I thank you for Pastor Evans allowing me to be in his pulpit. And uh, Lord, I don't take that lightly. And, and Lord, I pray that you continue to heal him up, Lord, and encourage his family, Lord. I know uh, when you're down like that, it's easy to get discouraged. And the devil will jump on that. And Lord, I pray you just encourage him, encourage his family. Lord, I pray you get him, uh, when you're ready, uh, back on his feet, Lord, um, and just help him, Lord, in this church. Lord, I pray you be with us now, Lord, and help me, Lord, be able to preach your word in a way that's pleasing in your sight. Uh, Lord, I don't want to just <clears throat> say a bunch of stuff and go home. Uh, Lord, I pray you can use it for your honor and glory. And Lord, I, I, I know that, Lord, in me dwells no good thing. And Lord, I pray that you can just put me to the side and take over, Lord, and do something with it. I pray in your precious, most holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. You know, <clears throat> talked about here, Paul is one of the greatest Christians in the Bible, and even he, he talked about how fighting the flesh is a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing. And listen, <clears throat> a lot of times, you know, you have the devil in the world that come after you, but a lot of times the devil doesn't even have to spend five minutes with you. Your flesh takes care of it on its own. The devil may not even be in the area. Your flesh will still rise up. Uh, this, your biggest enemy in life is you. Your biggest enemy is you. You're going to fight against yourself all the time. And that's this flesh because now you've got um, two, uh, two men living inside you. And now that that's going on, you know, that's what my friends always told me when I got saved. They said, you're not the same guy anymore. I said, oh, I'm the same guy. I just have something else there that wasn't there before. I said, you know, the old Josh is still there. Don't you worry. He's still there. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's dead. He's, he's, he's dying with Christ on the cross. Don't get me wrong, but he's still there, and he pops his head up quite often. He likes to be heard. He likes to say some things. He likes to do some things. Uh, but the new man in there delights after the, the law of God, delights after the things of God. And uh, I'm the kind of guy that I believe that um, I like to be real, like I told you this morning. Uh, I was, I've been under a lot of preaching, a lot of good preaching. And, and sometimes, as a Christian, I always got confused when preachers would say stuff like, you know, just uh, give it to God, or uh, if you don't want to live in the flesh, give it to the Lord, or... Um, you know, stuff that sounds real good, but it didn't seem very practical in life. Well, I, I want to give it to God, but how do I give it to God? I mean, I don't want to do this, but you say that I should just, you know, glory in God or have the joy of the Lord, and how does that work? I don't understand, you know, and you get confused. And I'll tell you, <clears throat> I'm going to give you some things tonight that I think will help you put down that flesh, um, not because someone told me it, but because I've learned through the Bible and, and, and through life. These are the things that help me. Now, hopefully they help you. I'm not saying it's an end-all, be-all of all things. I'm just saying it's helped me. And believe me, it's not like I got it figured out. It's not like I got the flesh put down and, man, I finally arrived. And, man, you're looking at the greatest. You know, it's not like that at all. I have to fight it all the time. I have to fight it all the time. So I want to go over some things um, that you have to do. Now, listen, the flesh will constantly rise up. If you read Exodus chapter 17, we won't go there right now, but it's where Moses and Joshua, they're fighting against Amalek. And Amalek's a type of the flesh in the Bible. And it says at the end of that chapter, you shall have war with Amalek from generation to generation. It's something you'll have to fight till the day you die. And it doesn't matter how old you get. When you get older, you think, well, when I get older, I want to fight the flesh as much. That's not true. The flesh is still there. It's still just as wicked. Uh, there's some things maybe you don't have to fight that you had to fight when you were younger, but there's other things you have to fight. And um, I, can, I can tell you people, uh, talk to people that are... Uh, that are uh, later in life, and they tell me the same thing. They say it doesn't get necessarily any easier. It's just a different type of fight sometimes. But um, what you need to do is you need to realize you need to put that flesh down daily. They that are in the flesh, they cannot please God. And if you want to please God, you got to put that flesh down. And it's not easy. I've heard preacher after preacher go, oh, you need to put the flesh down. Well, yeah, that's a blessing. You do. How? Now, listen, there's ways I know you know. I know you're all in here. You have gotten plenty of great preaching in here under Pastor Evans, and he showed you a lot of things. And they're good, and I'm not trying to say that it's not. These are just things from me that I hope can help, that you can add on to what he's already taught you and some things. And if they don't work, that's fine. But some things that uh, I hope uh, would help you. Um, and it's a, it's a bummer when the flesh gets victory, isn't it? Turn to Psalm 119. I'll tell you how I feel. I'm going to show you a little. Psalm 119. You ever been having a really good day with the Lord? And you're walking with the Lord and everything seems right? <clears throat> Say it's maybe 10 o'clock in the morning. And by that evening, you're like, how could the day have started off that good and ended like this? And you're down there repenting. 
Maybe none of you are there, but I, I, you down there repenting? Lord, I can't believe it. I was started off so good today, and now here I am begging for forgiveness. Psalm 119, verse 136. Not a real complicated verse. I got to get there. 136, you know what he says? David says this. He says, rivers of waters run down mine eyes because they keep not thy law. Now, listen, you're going to mess up. And you're going to sin. Now, I'm not saying it's okay. You've got to fight that thing all the time. And like I said this morning, you've got to take care of that, get it under the blood, and move on. You have to. You can't dwell on that all the time. The devil will constantly bring that up, and you've got to put that down. But here's some things I'm going to go over here. Uh, I'm going to try to go over quickly um, about some things that will hopefully help you uh, as you fight the flesh. And the first thing I'm going to tell you is this. It's in 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5.17. We'll start there. And the first thing I want to tell you that will help you fight the flesh, it's not easy, but it's repetition. Repetition. Um, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Very simple verse. We'll go, we'll go real simple. I'm a simple guy. I'm a simple. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I like it plain. I don't like lots of instructions. I don't like, I, if I had to, when Mo, he gave Moses all that law and he told him how to set up the tabernacle, I would have been scared because I'm like, man, I'm going to mess this up. I, there's no way I can remember all this stuff. Even if I wrote it down, I'd still mess it up. So I don't like a lot of instructions. I like things simple, all right? Go over there, flip the switch. All right, I can do that. I can flip the switch, amen? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, only three words, pray without ceasing. And what you need to be repetitive in is in prayer. You say, oh, I know that, Brother Josh. Are you doing it? It's honest, amen? Are you being repetitive in prayer? Or are you just praying when it's convenient? Some of you have some real burdens, don't you? Some of you have some real fights you're fighting right now, and you're not praying. Isn't that weird? You can talk to the Lord. He's the only one that can help you. And you won't talk to Him, and you won't let Him help you. And He's sitting there like, why don't you just talk to me? You need to be in prayer. Uh, that, that sin that so easily besets you, you know what you need to do? You need to be in prayer about it. You need to ask God. Or ask the Lord, help me, help me. You keep going back and forth. Repetition, repetition. Um, repetition helps. The Lord sees you mean business. My kids come at me all the time with repetition. Dad, can we do this? That's how they start off. Dad, can I do this? Well, I don't know. Dad, can I do this? Dad, can I? And they're like constantly coming back. So can I do this now? Well, I didn't say you could do it in the first place. When are we going to do this, Dad? I didn't say we were going to do it. Now, see, you see how they kind of using that psychological advantage against me. It started off asking, and then by the time they're done, it's, when are we going to do this? I never said we're going to do that, you know, but they're trying to, you know, get in my head and mess with me. I, I'm picking up on it, all right? Taking me a while. But you need to be repetitious. You need to be repetitious in prayer. You need to be praying all the time. Prayer, you say, prayer is so simple. I know that. Why aren't you doing it? You need to, you need, prayer works. Listen, I'm not a preacher up here just praying, saying, you need to pray because prayer works. I've seen it work. Just the other day, just the other day, uh, about a week ago, I, actually, um, we're sitting there, and my, my son, for, my son David, for weeks, has been trying to get this check from his bank so he could pay to go on this mission trip. So he's been waiting and waiting. We've been waiting for a month for it. We can't call in the bank, think, I don't know where it's at. They're playing dumb. Call in the post office. They don't know where it's at. Everybody's, you know. And at the same time, he, he was missing something else that was important. And he was just going nuts. He's like, I don't know where all this stuff is. And it was going crazy. And I'm like, well, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I'm giving him all this advice about how to get it. And then finally, it just hit me last week on like a Thursday night. I said, you know what? We should pray about it. <laughs> I mean, we didn't know where it was. I mean, where's this money? There's a lot of money just out there in limbo somewhere. So that night, we all gathered around and we prayed about that. I said, help David find that check. Help, 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 help us find it, find out where it's at. And this other thing that he needed to help him find that as well. Next day, I'm at work. I get a text from David. Dad found it. And he says, I found, well, first, first he told me what the first thing he found. He said, Dad found my check too. He had had his check for a couple weeks. He didn't realize it. One of us had gotten it and put it in his room and set it on his desk. He didn't know what it was. He didn't know it was there the whole time. Well, you think that's a coincidence? He found it the very next day? It works. You ever, ask, you ever lost your keys? You ever lost your wallet? Amen? Ever lost your cell phone? Yeah? We, I mean, if you lose your cell phone, you might as well just shut down in the house for the day, right? I mean, man, I can't do anything now. I just stay home and... 
You know, that, that you know what you do? Pray, you ever pray about it? Ever been running out the door like, oh, where's my keys? Oh, man, where's my keys? And you're like, I know I just set them there. I just set them there. Where, where? Stop, pray. I said, Lord, please help me pray. Almost every time I found them that quickly. Some of you are relating to me. I don't know if you're laughing at me because you're relating to me or if you, you've never lost your keys before. But I've, I, I mean, I've, 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 lost, I've lost my keys so many times. I lost my phone. I've lost my wallet. I mean, so many things. Uh, pray. Repetition and prayer. Keep praying. Some of you, you, some things would happen for you if you'd pray. You know what the problem? You don't pray because you don't believe it's going to work. You think, well, yeah, I pray. You need to pray. Why don't you give God a chance? See what he does. He might surprise you. There's some things that have happened in my life right after I prayed. I went out in the yard one night. I was really upset about something, really upset about something. And I went out in the yard that night, at night, walking around, and I started praying to God and telling him, pouring my heart out to him about this. And the next day, or actually that evening, I got a phone call that cleared the whole thing up right after I got done praying. I was like, wow, that's crazy. It works. Now, I'm not saying if you're wishing for a Corvette or praying for a Corvette or anything like that, it's going to happen. But there's things God wants to help you with, and you need to, and to fight that flesh every day. You guys, some of you are fighting some battles, and you need to be rep- repetitive in prayer. And you say, I know that. Then do it. I'll tell you, you need to, you need to be do- repetitive in prayer. Secondly, this, turn over to Psalm 119. Repetition, repetition. Repetition's good. I know everybody wants some new thing all the time. You know, your pastor gets up here and starts preaching on something, you're like, ugh, I've already heard this. Well, maybe you need it again. Amen? I know people forget. I forget things quite easily. I was preaching. I hope I don't do it tonight. I was preaching a couple weeks ago. I mean, I got right in the middle of the sermon, and yet mine went, boop, blank. I totally forgot what I was preaching. I mean, I knew where I was, where, what I was going on, but I totally forgot where I was going with that point. I totally forgot. I started panicking. <laughs> I'm like, uh, and I tried to cover it up, which just makes it even worse because you don't know what you're seeing. Like, uh, 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 uh. I hope I don't do it. Lord, please don't do that to me tonight because I'll do it now and I'll do it. Or I'll, I'll, see, I'm doing it right now because I'm getting all excited. I'm getting all panicky. Let's get back to the sermon before I mess things up. Repetition, repetition and, and praise. Praise, Psalm 119, 164. You see what happens? I start panicking because I can't remember for a second and I start going crazy. 164. Now, none of you probably have that problem. But. You know, a brother was telling me the other day, he says, yeah, I forgot what I was saying in the middle of my sermon. I was like, praise the Lord, brother. I'm glad it's not just me, amen. Psalm 119, you, you don't know how many thoughts go through your head when you're up here behind the pulpit. And sometimes they all kind of crash into each other. Psalm 119, verse 164. Know what, know what David said? He says, seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. You need to be repetitive in praise. The Lord's good to you, isn't he? He's been really good to me. I mean, yeah, all the, I've had bad things happen to me. I've had hard times. But he's been better to me than I've had to have worse than bad times. He's always been good to me. He's been good to me more than the bad times combined. He's been good to me. What, what do I got to complain about? I mean, I'm sitting here tonight, and I'm, I'm preaching His Word. And that's a blessing. I'm, how many times have we have prayed and said, Lord, please keep us safe on the roads, you know? Please keep us safe on the roads. Lord, help me get you safe on the roads. Help us be safe. For tonight, before we leave, we're going to get out there, we're going to pray. Lord, please keep us safe on the roads. But then when you get there, do you thank Him for it? A lot of people, what they do is they pull up and they get out and don't think twice about it. Lord, did you thank Him for it? You need to praise Him. You need to praise Him even when things aren't good. One time I was down at Bible college and going through a rough time one time, and I was really upset, and the Lord just laid it on my heart to praise Him. And I said, okay. So I got up in prayer service, and I said, listen, I said, I'm going through a real hard time right now, but I said, I just want to praise the Lord for His goodness. The Bible calls that a spiritual sacrifice. Repetition and praise. Turn to the same chapter, Psalm 119, look at verse 101. Or verse 97. You need to be repetitive in prayer, repetitive in praise, and you need to be repetitive in the book. <laughs> we don't have to go over this morning's stuff already, but just real quickly, Psalm 119, look at verse 97. The Bible says, Oh, how I love thy law, how, how love I thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, 
has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers for thy testimonies and my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. You need to be repetitive in the book. And I know we went over this this morning in Sunday school, but you need to be repetitive in prayer and praise, and you need to be repetitive in the book. You know what this Bible is? I was telling them in the jail today. I said, you know what? I said, I'm a real simple guy. You guys may think I'm smart, but I'm not smart. I said, I'm really very, very dumb in a lot of things. I said, but this book gives me wisdom. It gives me discernment, and it gives me understanding. It doesn't come from me. I'm not that smart. It comes from the book. And when I stick with the book, it gives me those things, and it gives you those things, too, if you stick in the book. It's not just to me or the preacher. It's to you, too. You get wisdom, discernment, understanding, repetition. You want to put that flesh down? You need to be in prayer a lot, not just in the morning and over dinner, not just after it happens. You need to be in prayer. You need to be praising Him all the time, thanking Him for the victories you get, thanking Him for the things He does for you. Lord loves praise. He wants you to praise Him and be in the book. You get away from this for 24 hours, you'll be amazed at what you can do. You need to be in the book. You need to be in the book. When I was, you need repetition. When I was in basic training, it was all repetition. That's all they teach you, just all repetition, 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 repetition. Always had to be up in the morning. You had to, you had to always be up in the morning. You had, to, uh, you had to make sure your bed was made. You had to make sure you were showered. You had to make sure you were shaved. You had to make sure uh, you were in your uniform. You had to make sure of all that stuff. And it was all repetition. Why? Because they wanted it to become almost robotic for you what you were supposed to do. And that's repetition actually made you a better sailor, a better soldier, better marine. It makes you better, that repetition. And as a Christian, you are a soldier, are you not, of Jesus Christ? And so you need that repetition in your life or you're not going to get victory over anything. You need to have repetition. You need to pray, folks. Are you praying for each other? Are you saying, I'm praying for you, and you're not praying for them? Prayer works. You know what some of you should do? You should keep a track of every time you pray for somebody and see what happens. Of every time you pray for anything, just keep a little log for a little bit and see what God does. You'll be shocked how many prayers He's answered. You know how many prayers He answers, and we don't even think twice about it? Take it for granted. You need to be praising Him to put that flesh down. It's hard to... Give them to the flesh when you're praising the Lord all the time. You ever notice when you're in a really good meeting, like a revival meeting, like Pastor Peacock's here or something, and he's sitting here and he's preaching, and you're all getting into it and the singing and everything's so good and you're praising the Lord? It's hard to be in the flesh at that time, isn't it? And you can do the same thing without that. You've got to praise Him and you've got to be in the book. Read this book. I get mad, and I know I shouldn't. I'm in the flesh. But I get mad when I go to churches and I find Bibles sitting in the pews after the service is dismissed. I get irritated. You say, you shouldn't. That's none of my business. I know. I just preached on reading your Bible, and then it's sitting there, and just sitting there with a little bit of dust on it until next week. I haven't seen that in this church, so I'm not talking about you all. But I've seen it in churches. Some of you are like, oh, man, who left their Bible? No, I wasn't. There wasn't anybody here. I'm just saying I've been in churches where that's happened, and it bothers me. Repetition. You need repetition. Quit trying to do some new thing. Stick with the old paths, amen? Repetition. Secondly, this. You not to keep the flesh down, you not only need repetition, you need balance. Turn to Proverbs chapter 16. Balance is important. Balance is important. And a lot of times you go to churches and you go places and people will preach out of balance and they'll get their congregation out of balance. You got to be careful about that. You got to have a right balance. Now, what's your balance? I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. But you need some balance. Proverbs chapter 16, the Lord likes balance. He's a very balanced God. Do you know that? The same God that swallowed up those people in the book of Numbers, Korah and all them in the book of Numbers, he's the same God that died on the cross for you. He's balanced. He's a balanced God. His emotions are balanced. I know I've went over this before. His emotions are balanced. Your emotions are like him because you're made in his image. Of course, you've fallen from that image, but you still have the same emotions, but now they're tainted. They're sinful. So you're angry sometimes when you shouldn't be angry, and you're sad when you shouldn't be sad, and you're happy when you shouldn't be happy sometimes. But the Lord has got all those same emotions. You know, if you want to talk to an evolutionist, ask him where love came from, right? Where'd happiness come from? 
I don't know what they're going to say. Well, actually, I've actually seen somebody address somebody like that in evolution. He said, well, that's tough. Yeah, it is tough, isn't it? Because you know what? God has the same emotions you have. But his are right. He's a balanced God. You need to be balanced, all right? Uh, Proverbs chapter 16, look at verse 11. The Bible says this, A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are His work. You need a balance. You know why 99% of the time you get in the flesh? Because you're out of balance. You know what happens with a lot of Christians and why they get in trouble? They're out of balance. It's like a teeter-totter sometimes, you know, trying to keep it in balance. It's hard, but you got to stay in balance. You know, either you're one way, going one way, where you're completely off the deep end and you're living in sin, or you're just playing with sin, you're getting unbalanced. You're spending too much time on YouTube instead of in the Bible. You understand? When you're supposed to be reading your Bible, you're spending four or five hours watching a, a cat climb up a ladder and flip off it or something like that. <laughs> you, I, I mean, who knows? I mean, some of you are probably watching a lot worse stuff than that, and you're watching that stuff, and you're looking at it, and then you're wondering why you're struggling in the flesh all the time. That YouTube channel, listen, it's not going to help you fight the flesh. But on the other hand, it doesn't mean you have to spend 24 hours a day reading your Bible, okay? You need to be spend time in the Bible, but it's okay to have a life and enjoy your life, amen? It's okay to go out and do some things, enjoy some things, you know, but you got to have that balance. There's nothing, if you want to watch YouTube, watch YouTube. Just don't spend four or five hours doing it, okay? You, gotta, you, want, you need to read your Bible. You need to balance that thing out. Christians are out of balance. Some Christians, they finally lose it because they're one way or the other. I know Christians that, they, uh, actually, I'm not going to try to call them up. My son, uh, he, he really wanted to serve God real bad, and so he, he got to the point where he got unbalanced. He started, like, taking everything he had and just getting rid of it because he said, you know, he didn't want anything that could possibly distract him from the Lord. And I started getting a little concerned for him because he was doing all this stuff, and uh, he started kind of, like, getting out of whack a little bit. And finally, the Lord spoke to him, and he, I didn't even have to talk. I prayed for him, and then he said, man, I, I got out of whack. What happened? He got out of balance. He was trying to serve God so hard that he got so far this way that he started kind of, ugh, you know, because you know what? You're human. You want to, you, it's okay to enjoy your life. God doesn't want you to be miserable all the time. Sometimes preachers preach it. You want you to be miserable and always fighting all the time. He wants you to have a good life, but you got to have some balance to it. And in order to fight that flesh, you got to have some balance in your life. Okay, you got you, you need to read your Bible. You need to pray. You need to do those things. You need to praise Him. You need to be in church. You need to do the ministries. But at the same time, it's okay to go out bowling. You know, go out and watch a movie. Go out and have some fun with some friends. Go out to a restaurant. Go ahead and go out and play some basketball. Go out and do some things. Enjoy your life. It's balance. Some of you, you spend too much time inside. That's what's hard about wintertime, isn't it? It gets all gray and yucky, and you spend all your time inside, and then you get all depressed, don't you? Now, you'd be nice to say, well, I'm just going to read my Bible the whole time. No, you're not. You're not going to read your Bible the whole time. You're going to spend most of your... I shouldn't say that because I don't know you. But a lot of people are going to probably spend a lot of time on YouTube on the Internet. And then you're wondering why you're struggling all winter. Get outside. Get some fresh air. Go out there and, and breathe a little bit. You say, well, it's cold out. Well, go out and get some cold air in your lungs for a little bit. Amen? Take a walk. Get out of the house. Turn that screen off for a little bit. And get outside and remember, there's a world out there, man. It's not all on that little screen, man. You need to get out there. Put your phone down. Put it in a drawer. Shut it off for a little bit. And get outside. Walk through the woods. Watch some deer running around. Amen. I see deer all the time. It's weird. When I see deer on the road, I hate them. But when I see them in the woods, they're pretty cool, you know? <laughs> you need to have some balance in your life, amen? Uh, turn to Ezekiel chapter 45. To fight the flesh, you need some balance. And what the devil will do is he'll get you out of balance. And he'll get you where you're out of balance doing the things that you shouldn't be doing, giving into that sin, giving into that flesh all the time. But then he'll also take you and he'll get you all the way over here where he gets you so uh, frustrated because you're trying to do everything right and you're having things out of balance. And what happens is, is a lot of times people just go... Pfft. That's what happens with a lot of young people. Young people get in church and they're... Sometimes they put such strict standards on them that they put these standards on them and they just kind of go, and then they rebel. Now, I'm not saying it's right. It's not okay. But maybe if you give that, that child a little bit of balance. <laughs> my kids, you know what I want them to do? I, they, my, I want my kids to read their Bible. I want them to, and they do. At church, they're always involved in things. They're always helping out. They're a blessing. 
I mean, that's why David's not here tonight. He's, he's got some things he's got to do with the church he couldn't walk away from. But I want him to also say, hey, let's go camping. Hey, let's go, let's go bowling. Hey, let's go do this. Let's go have a good time somewhere and let them enjoy the life and see that serving God is not just all ministry. Sometimes we need to be ministered to. Sometimes we need to go out and get some fresh air. I went out walking with Jonathan yesterday. We went out in the woods and just walked around and explored some trails. It was a great time. Took our dog with us, had a good time. <sighs> kind of deflate a little bit. And that's what you need. You need balance. And if you go either way, you're going you're gonna to get out of balance. It's going to help. It's going to hurt you against the flesh. Ezekiel chapter 45, verse 10, this is what the Lord says. He says, you shall have just balances and a just ephah and a just bath. The Lord wants you to have everything just. That's what he talks about. He wants everything right. Why it can't be right now is because your flesh is corrupt and it constantly wants to be out of balance. A lot of times when people are having trouble, something in their life is out of balance. Something is wrong. Something's not right. And you need to find out and ask God to help you to find out where that balance is. Where am I off balance at? And then he'll help you bring it back. You need that balance. Everybody's balance is different. So you need repetition. You need balance to fight the flesh. Thirdly this, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. <clears throat> you need discipline. And that is something, folks, that Christians are sorely missing out on. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'll tell you, not just Christians, <coughs> but the world in general has no discipline. You need discipline. You know why people back in the day were different than they are now? They had discipline. Nowadays, you can't get anybody to keep a job anymore for more than a day or two. I know somebody right now, and uh, I'm not going to mention his name. He's, he's a relative. And uh, he's uh, in his 40s, and he can't keep a job more than a, day or a week or so in his life. He just constantly, I don't like this today, and he stops, you know. You know, going and just staying with his parents and just living in their basement and just doesn't want to work. What you, yeah, no discipline, none. I don't like my job today. I don't want to do this today, so I'm not going to do it. I quit. That's what, that's what this world does. I'm in school. I don't like school anymore. I don't want to do this. I quit. I dealt with kids up in West Branch that are doing that. They'd be in class. They'd literally just say, I don't want to do this anymore and walk out of class. And I'd, I'd be always, I was supposed to be their aide, so I'd go and I'd try to help them. I'd take them down to the office to get down to the office. And what they would do in the office is they would say, oh, you poor thing. And they'd bring them in and give them. One time they actually gave the student a cup of coffee and a candy bar. Let them sit there in the lounge. Well, if you don't want to go to class, that's okay. No wonder the world's a mess. Nobody's told to finish anything. How many things have you started that you haven't finished? <laughs> you know what they used to do back in the day? I mean, there's always something behind. I understand that. But, man, how many times has God wanted you to do something and you started off? How many people have come and said, I'll do this? We have people, we have people in our church that will volunteer, and then a day or two later, you won't see them again. They have good intentions. Uh, you know, they're, they're, I think I need to help out. But then as soon as it, man, it kind of inconvenient a little bit, and I quit. I, met, I knew a guy down in, um, I got to get to this verse, but uh, I knew a guy down at, at my uh, Bible college down there in PBI, and he, uh, he, went, he, he, he was in probably like 25 ministries. He'd be in a ministry for a week or two, and then he'd quit. He'd go do something else. You need some discipline. Christians, you need some discipline in your life. I don't care how old or young you are, you need some discipline to get some things done. you got to ask God for help and get some discipline in your life, and that will help you against the flesh. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. That's what the Bible says. I didn't tell you anything. That's what the Bible says. You're supposed to be a soldier. You're supposed to endure hardness. You know what church members do now? I don't like that. I quit. Now, I understand some people go through some pretty tough stuff, and I'm not trying to mock that at all, but sometimes people, they're just waiting for an excuse to leave. And as soon as anything gets hard or gets tough, they quit. You need to have some discipline in your life. You're going to have to get through some things in your life. Listen, when I was in the military, do you think I liked getting up every morning and doing what I did? I didn't like it. Do you think I like people yelling at me? Do you think I like people in my face? 
You know, I mean, seriously, I, I had, I had, I, I haven't, I shouldn't tell you this, but I, I used to have a real bad temper problem, and uh, I, the Lord's given me a lot of victory over it. But I mean, I'd be cool for a little while, and then I just, I just light off like that. And I remember I was sitting there one day, and my, uh, my company commander got in my face, and he started saying something to me, and man, I don't know what it was, man, but it just made me mad. And I mean, I was probably halfway through basic training. I'm stressed out. I'm tired. I'm wore out. He gets in my face, and he sits there, and he said this to me, and I just looked at him. And I mean, you're not supposed to look at them. You're supposed to look through them. That's, but I looked at him. That's a no-no. But I was mad. So I'm supposed to be looking like this, and I looked up at him like this. So he knew I was mad. When he got in my face, he said, you want to hit me, Hoffman? He's bigger than me. He would have beat me up. But I was just like, and I did. I didn't enjoy that. Nope. Nobody else, sir, I don't. You sure you don't want to hit me? Because as soon as you raise your arms up above your waist, they can take you down. They're just waiting for you to do it. No pity officer. You think I like that all the time? You think I like getting up at 3.30 in the morning and I never still remember that sound of that, that, that light panel all the time. I mean, just that sound of it and just that, those flicking of those switches, flick, 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 and he just coming in just screaming at you. Take some discipline. Some of you don't have discipline, ask God for it. Maybe you need to change some things in your life, your routine. Maybe something is just not right. You say, well, I keep having the same trouble over and over. Well, maybe something needs to be changed. You know, when I was in basic training, they would come in, like I told you, and they would come in, and from the moment he came in and started yelling at you, you had 10 minutes to the, he, he, to the, to the second. You had 10 minutes to get out of your rack, get in the bathroom, uh, you know, use the bathroom, do your uh, brushing your teeth, um, you know, shaving, whatever you had to do, getting back to your bunk, getting dressed with clothes ready for inspection, having your boots shined, have your bunk made for inspection, and be standing in front of your bunk in 10 minutes. And if you weren't there, you were going to die because <laughs> I didn't make it. <laughs> and, man, he, he beat me down. You say, what happened? Everybody was getting beat down at first. So what did you do? Well, I had to train myself to get up a half hour early he came in. And you say, you can't do that. You can. And I would wake up, and I would look over at the clock, and it'd be like, you know, 3, 3.15. And it's all dark still, because you can't be ready for when he comes in. If he comes in, and you're standing in your bunk with everything ready, you get in trouble. So you can't do that either. So what would I do? I would have my, my shoes all shined the night before. I'd have them sitting there. I'd have my uniform all pressed, sitting there ready. And then I'd have I go in the dark and I'd make my bunk as best I could in the dark and I'd make it all nice and neat and I'd straighten it out and I'd get it all you know tight as I could, and I'd have everything ready and I'd go in the bathroom before he would come in there and I'd brush my teeth I'd do everything I need to do while I was in there then I'd come back and I'd sit there by my bunk, and wait for him. And I wasn't the only one that had the same idea. I could look around and you see silhouettes of guys all throughout the, the barracks sitting there waiting and we were all sitting there waiting. So when he came in because what he did is he gave us an impossible task. So you have to learn to improvise. You have to get a little disciplined. So when he came in, I've already used every, I've done everything I need to do. All I had to do was throw my uniform on, throw my boots on, make sure I check my bed one last time, make sure it's all set to go, and then stand in front of my bunk and I'm ready to go. It takes discipline. Christian, you can't do what you're doing. Well, maybe you need to change something. And maybe it's going to take some discipline to do something a little different. And that's what you need. You need some discipline. Christians have no discipline. They have none. Most Christians I meet, I mean, not every, all of them, but a lot of Christians, they don't have any discipline. They're just kind of fly-by-night, do whatever. Listen, you don't have to do anything if you don't want to. You can listen to me and just say, forget it, Brother Josh, I don't care. But if you're disciplined, you'll do it. You know what you young people you need to do? You need to learn to iron your clothes instead of making mom do it all the time or dad do it. You need to learn to iron your clothes. You need to learn to make your bed when you get up in the morning. You need to learn to clean your room. You say, what is that? That's just basic stuff that will teach you discipline. Sometimes my kids, and I don't blame them, sometimes they're in a hurry, but they'll go, Mom, can you iron this? I say, why don't you iron it? And I've showed them. I sat there and I show them, hey, this is how you iron it. And I went, because in the military, you had to learn to iron. I mean, there was nobody there. You didn't have your mama there no more. You had to iron. And had to be ready for inspection. And so you'd iron. I learned how to do all sorts. I learned how to sew in the military. 
You know, nobody's there to do it for you. You got to learn to do it. And it, it taught me some things that helped me become more disciplined in my life. And it's helped me even as a Christian because I can relate to what I did back then. And it helps me. And God is looking for someone who's disciplined, and it will help you fight the flesh if you're disciplined. You need that, you need that discipline in your life. You need repetition. You need balance. You need discipline. Nobody, nobody wants to finish anything anymore. You know what Paul said? He said, I finished my course. He finished it. Some of you, are you going to finish? Some of you are just waiting for the wind to blow the wrong way and you're going to be gone. I told you this morning, it ain't much longer for we're out of here. And listen, all you got to do is just hang in there. Don't you want to be still standing for the Lord when He comes back? You need some discipline. You got to fight that flesh. That flesh, I know, it's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. But you got to fight it with repetition, with balance, with discipline. I mean, I could even add in there some routine. Change your routine. There's something that's tripping you up, and you need to stop it. <laughs> you need discipline. Almost done here. You got repetition, balance, discipline. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2. The fourth thing you need to fight the flesh is you need wisdom. You need wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2. You need wisdom. I'm surprised at how <laughs> many people don't have wisdom, man. Uh, it makes me laugh sometimes. <clears throat> It makes me laugh. Some of the smartest people I know, man, they can, they can do anything, but, man, they have zero wisdom when it comes to things. Um, sometimes I, uh, <clears throat> when my kids were younger, I remember you walk in a room, and they'd just be taking a big stick and going, boom, against the wall, boom, against the wall, boom, against the wall. Like, what is that? Come around there. Boom. What are you doing? Just staring at me with a stick in their hand. I'm like, you're beating the wall. Why? You know, the kids, they don't have any wisdom. They just do things. It's like, and that's, what, that's all I've got in my whole life. Whenever I ask them, just why? They just stare at you like they have no clue what you're talking about. And you're just, I'm like, please, just, just, just tell me why. I just want to know what went through your head. Why did you think that was okay? I don't know. You need some wisdom, and a lot of Christians are like that, you know. Uh, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, <coughs> says this. i get some water here. Uh, some of you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. You know what you need? You need some wisdom to fight the flesh. You know what some of you do? And I, I mean, I'm saying this generally. I don't know what you each do, okay? But I'm guessing. You set yourself up for failure. You set yourself up for failure. There's something that trips you up every time, and you know better to put your, than to put yourself in that situation, and you do it. And then you say, I can't fight the flesh. Well, quit putting yourself in that situation. Some of you, some of you, let's just get real. Some of you, you don't need to be a, a, alone at home with a phone or a computer. Some of you need to quit setting yourself up for failure. If you're trying to quit something, don't be around it. Don't, if you're trying to quit alcohol or drugs, stay away from it. Don't go hang out with people that do it. My, my, my mom and my stepdad were alcoholics, and you know how many times they quit alcohol? Several times, but you know what they do? They still keep hanging out with people that drink and smoke. And then within a week, they're doing it again. You're going to have to cut some things off if you're going to fight the flesh. Quit putting yourself in a position where you're going to fail. You know, listen, I don't want to get into too much detail. Quit setting yourself up for failure. Some of you, you, you set yourselves up for failure. You need some wisdom. Ask God, Lord, where, am I, where, where is it getting me? Where am I tripping up at? Quit putting yourself in that position. You know, if you, <laughs> 
If you're trying to cut down on sweets, don't keep cookies and cakes in your house, amen? I mean, you say that's, that's just common sense, but how many of us don't have it, right? This Christmas holiday, how many times did you say, I'm done with sugar? I ain't eating no more. I've eaten too much this Christmas. I ain't eating no more. I ain't nothing. I'm done with sugar. I've eaten way too much. And then all of a sudden, somebody brings over some cookies or some candy. And you know what's awful is we have kids, and people give our kids candy all the time. And they bring them home, oh, look at all that candy. I'm like, oh, man, you got you to gotta, you gotta have some discipline. Don't put that stuff in front of you. My, my wife's smart. She'll just take stuff and start dumping it in the trash. I don't need that. She'll just start dumping it in there. Kids are like, no. She's like, yeah, it's, it's got to go. You don't set yourself up for failure. Turn to Proverbs chapter 22. You need some wisdom to fight that flesh. You know, <coughs> you need some wisdom. You need some wisdom. Some of you, you know what you need to do? <clears throat> some of you need to do is you need to, um, you need to ask for some help. You need to ask for some help. If there's something you're struggling with and you know somebody can help you with it, ask them to help you with it. You know? You need some help. Proverbs chapter 22, look at verse 3. The Bible says, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I'm going to use a really light example, but this goes for everything. Say you don't want to eat any more chocolate chip cookies. And you don't want to eat any more chocolate chip cookies. And there's some at the house. They're sitting on the table. You know it. As far as you know, they're sitting on the, on the table, sitting there, and there's chocolate chip cookies, and you're coming home from work. And normally when you get home from work, your wife can help you or your husband can help you or your kids can help you so you don't eat those. But you know tonight when you're coming home, there's nobody there. And you know that plate of cookies is still sitting on that table. I'm using a very light example. What do you do? Use some wisdom. <clears throat> what time is my wife supposed to get home? Maybe I'll just go do something for a little while. And then I'll come home. But no, some of you just rush home. I'll be all right. You're struggling fighting the flesh because you're setting yourself up for failure. You're not using any wisdom. It's right there before you. You know what the Bible says in the book of James? The Lord will give you wisdom if you ask for it. You just got to ask Him for it. Help me, Lord. You know, you need to ask for wisdom. You need to fight that flesh. Why? Through wisdom. You need wisdom to do some things. You need wisdom for your testimony. Amen? Some of you, you don't have any wisdom with your testimony when it comes to things. You've got to be careful. I'm just throwing this in for free, but you know what you need to do? You've got to be careful about your testimony. Use some wisdom with that stuff. Where I, where I work, uh, I go up to Gaylord on, on Thursdays, and I go up there, and there's a gas station right next to the VA where I work, and I go over there and get something to drink or a snack or something. Well, it has three different doors. It has a door for the subway. It has a door for the main entrance, and then it has a door over here, which is the liquor store. And they're all attached to the same place. Wherever door you go into, you're going into the same place. But that just happens to be the liquor side. This is the regular gas station, and this is the subway. And every time I go over there, you know what? I come, when I walk up to that gas station, the first door I hit is that liquor store. Right? So you go up to that, that liquor store. I don't go in that door, not because I have a problem with liquor, but because everybody in the VA is watching me. And I'm just going in there to get a Pepsi. But if I walk through that door, what do people think? I mean, it's the same place, right? It goes to the same place. You gotta use some wisdom, but I go through the, I walk around and go through the main entrance. Some of you better be careful about that stuff. You need to use some wisdom. Some of you, you know what you need to do. You need to ask for help. I, you just, you need, to, you need some wisdom and some things. Quit setting yourself up for failure. Some of you, the main problem with you is you just put yourself in a bad position all the time. And the devil will help you get in that position. He's more than happy to help you. He'll set things up. Men, listen to me. Don't be alone in a room with a lady that's not your wife. Be careful about that. Be careful about that. I don't care how well you know her. Be careful. Ladies, you shouldn't be in a room alone with a man that you don't, that's not your husband. Now, I understand, like, if you're, you know, there's, you know the situations. But if you're going in a room and there's a door that can shut, you better not shut that door. I had a friend in the military that he was counseling a young lady, a young lady in the military, and she accused him of something while that door was shut, and he couldn't not prove it because that door was shut the whole time. He had to defend himself the whole time. 
Ladies, don't go in a room with a guy. I don't care how well you know him. Don't set yourself up for failure. Oh, that's okay. We know each other real well. I'm just telling you, ladies, from a guy's perspective, don't do it. You say, that's kind of hard stuff. I don't like talking about that. Just use some wisdom. You all need some wisdom. Don't set yourself up for failure. Gentlemen, be, be, be wise. Whenever I have a lady veteran come in my room, I always keep the door open. I leave it open. There's nothing that personal anyway. She's talking about hearing aids. You know, it's nothing like vital information. She always gives me a look when I do that, but I always leave the door slightly cracked like this. Why? Because what's in there is just be, what's in there. It's just her word against mine. And you know, in this country, you're guilty till proven innocent. You got to be careful. Use some wisdom. Whatever it is that you're fighting, use some wisdom against it. Use some wisdom. Don't set yourself up for failure. Think things through before you do things. Stop and think about things. You know where the point of the day is that you usually get tripped up at. Well, avoid it. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs? Pass not by it. Don't even look at it. Go by. Use some wisdom. So you need repetition. You need balance. You need discipline. You need wisdom. You use those four things, and they will help you fight the flesh. Okay? I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but those things will help you. And if you have those things, it will help you fight the flesh Easier. I have found in my life when you have those things, it helps you fight the flesh. In the military, there's a lot of things I could not do, and the only way I could stop doing it was through that repetition and discipline and using some wisdom. You had to put your flesh down in the military. I did not feel like going out and running every morning, especially when it's cold out and the breath's coming out of your mouth and you're out there and you're freezing, you're running around. I did not feel like doing push-ups every day. I did not feel like doing jumping jacks every day. I did not feel like getting beat down every day. I did not feel like getting deployed every time I got deployed overseas. I did not feel like it. But I did it because of discipline and repetition. And there's going to be things you're not going to want to do, but God will get you through if you use that discipline, you use that wisdom, you use that repetition. He'll help you. And that's how you fight the flesh is as a soldier. Now, being a soldier is not popular. I preached at a church one time, and I preached in the morning, and they loved it, and I preached in the, in the afternoon about being a soldier for Christ, and, man, they got they, the spirit in that room changed. I don't know what happened there, but they didn't like that, that soldier stuff. But you know what you need to do? You need to fight it. Do you not need to fight the flesh? Then you need to be a soldier and fight it. It's hard, I know. I'm right there with you. But you need to fight it. So here's the last thing I'm going to say. you got all four of those things, right? You know what all four of those things are? They're like parts, like building something. you got the repetition here, you got the balance here, you got the discipline here, you got the wisdom here. They're all parts that help. But they don't work. Just like your body's got all these parts, but it doesn't work until the heart starts pumping. And so you need the heart to keep that stuff pumping. And that's the, if you have repetition, balance, discipline, wisdom, that's good. But the most important thing to keep that thing going and start that thing up is a relationship. Turn to Philippians chapter 3. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't power that thing by yourself. <clears throat> Your flesh will give out on you all the time. So what you need to do is you need to have that repetition. You need to have that balance. You need to have that discipline. You need to have that wisdom. But you also need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ and walk in with Him and let Him help you. Philippians chapter 3. He's the heart. He's the thing that makes it alive, right? Up until then, it's just a, something you build. But he puts the life into it, right? Philippians chapter 3, look at verse 7. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, the Bible says this, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ? Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, be made conformable unto His death. You know what you need? You need that relationship with Jesus Christ, because He's the power source behind it all. You can do all these things in the flesh, and eventually you will fall. But if you do all things in the power of Christ, you can do it. How do you have the power of Christ? I always tell you, people say stuff, how do you do it? I'll tell you plainly, it's just 
fellowship with him. It's just talking with him. How do you talk to your wife? How do you talk to your friends? How do you talk to your husband? How do you talk to your kids? How do you talk to your friends? Fellowship, communication, right? If you don't communicate with each other, it's not much of a friendship. It's not much of a relationship. You need to communicate with the Lord. And it's not just in the big things and the things you want and the things you want answered. You know what? It's okay to ask, talk to the Lord about just how your day went. Some of you think I'm crazy. Go talk to him. Spend some time. You should have some time every day where you walk out and say, hey, Lord, and start talking to him about things. It's, 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 it's fellowship. You're having it. If the Lord Jesus Christ was here, what would you want to talk to him about? If he sat down here and says, hey, I'm available for the next half hour if you want to come talk to me. <laughs> and praise the Lord, he's available all the time for you. But you would come forward and you'd ask him something, wouldn't you? That communication, that's what gets things going. You need that, the, the, the heart, the thing that makes it alive. And Jesus Christ makes all things. Life comes from him, and righteousness comes from him. So you need to have repetition. You need to have balance. You need to have discipline. You need to have wisdom. And then you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that comes by fellowship. And you've heard this before. I know you have, and I've probably said it myself. The most important thing in your life is your walk with Jesus Christ. And you can try to do things in the flesh all you want, but you need the power of God to help you. So what you do is you talk to the Lord and say, I'm trying to have repetition, Lord. I'm trying to have balance. I'm trying to have discipline. I need wisdom, Lord. And he'll help you, and he'll show you some things. Lord was dealing with me about my speed in my car. I like to go fast. I, I'm bad, and I go faster than I should. And I was sitting in church one night, and my pastor talked about how, you know, he's, the Lord's dealt with him about <clears throat> going too fast. And the Lord started dealing with me about it. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to know, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it, because he was dealing with me. He's like, you really should watch your speed. And I was like, ah. <sighs> All right. So I've been, I'm that guy out there driving 55 right now. And I, I said it to Cruz because I, I, I just, you know, I said it to Cruz, and I was driving home from work, and I, I was mad. In the flesh, I wanted to drive fast. I mean, I wanted to drive fast, and I hate being that guy where everybody pulls up behind you and just kind of wheeze behind you for a little bit. They drive by you real fast, give you a nasty look, and they fly by you, and I'm like, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm driving 55. And that's a good thing. The Lord's dealing with me about it. And I'm driving home from work, and uh, I'm coming home from work a couple weeks ago, and I'm driving, and I, I pull on 61. I'm heading home, and you know, I start speeding up a little bit. I was like, remember, you need to drive 55. I'm like, Lord, I still want to drive 50. He's like, you know, just set your cruise. You'll be fine. I'm like, he's like, you're not going to get home that much faster. I'm like, all right. So I hit 55 and the cruise on the 55. I'm driving up 61, and this, this, this truck comes flying up behind me. He's flying up behind me. He's like weaving and bobbing behind me, you know, like, you know, I'm just ruining his day. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. And then finally... He gets a room, and he whips around me, and he flies around me, giving me kind of a look when he goes by me, you know, like, hey, loser, you know, you're doing 55. And he drives by me, and I'm like, ah. So he drives by me, and he gets ahead of me. And I'm like, Lord, and I'm complaining to the Lord because, you know, I'm in the flesh. I'm like, Lord, why can't I just drive like he is? He's doing just fine. I'm driving 55, and, I mean, Lord, why do I got to do Is this, you know, and I'm getting all frustrated about it. Anyway, he gets up about maybe 80 to 100 yards in front of me, and he's flying, and a deer comes out in front of him. He smashes that thing. You see pieces of deer go flying everywhere. He weaves off the road. He's okay, but he just messed up this front grill. He whips off, and I get up to him, and I see him in his truck, and he just, ah, you're just mad as fire in there. And I just look at him, and the Lord's like, aren't you glad you're doing 55? And I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. I mean, I'm glad. I mean, I was trying to have some discipline in my life. I was trying to use some wisdom. But man, the flesh did not like it. But the Lord said, see what happens when you listen to me? That could have been you. You need a relationship. You must die to yourself. Last verse, and I'm done. Galatians chapter 5. You know what you need? You need to die to yourself. And that's hard to do. Galatians chapter 5. And when you die to yourself, folks... And just give it over to the Lord. And what I mean by giving it to the Lord is just walk with Him. You don't have to push a button to give it over. It's like a give it over to the Lord button. It's not like that. Okay? It's a gradual thing where you're walking with Him and you're talking with Him and you start putting that flesh down. And you know what happens when you start walking in the Spirit and you start reading your Bible and you start doing the things you're supposed to do and try walking with the Lord? You help 
you've heard the you've heard the sermon illustration. You know, you got two dogs inside you, and one's the flesh, one's your spirit. Which one wins the fight when they fight? Well, it's the one you feed the most. Some of you are feeding the wrong dog, and that's why you're you're struggling. But if you start feeding the spirit all the time, you'll start finding that you don't want to disappoint the Lord because you're walking with Him, and He becomes a good friend, and you don't want to disappoint Him. And what happens is what you got to do is you got to say, all right, I'm going to die to myself. And that's how you die to yourself is by giving it over to the Lord and living for Him instead of living for yourself. And when you do that, you start producing the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, the fruits of the Spirit come after you put the flesh down. Like I told you, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I want to please God. And my flesh gets in the way all the time, but you need to put it down. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible says, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murder, drunkenness, Rebellions and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So what do you do? You put those things down. And then what happens? Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, right? Why do you have any peace? Well, because you're living in the flesh, meekness, Temperance against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Well, that'll preach of a whole other sermon. Well, you say, what, what is it? Here's what you need to do. You need to develop some repetition. Find, a, find something, a, a pattern that you can follow that will help you. <clears throat> and you'll find when you break that pattern, you'll start having trouble in the flesh again. But you start having that pattern, you have that repetition in prayer. Find some time during the day where you just do it. Go out and do it. Listen, you don't got to be necessarily by your bedside praying. Go outside. If it's, if it's easier for you, go outside. Walk around in the yard. Go someplace private and pray and talk to Him. And you need to be praising Him, and you need to be in the Bible. So have that repetition. Have that balance in your life. When something's going on, say, hey, Lord, am I out of balance somewhere? Is something wrong? Am I doing something too much here, too much there? Am I in my Bible enough? Am I enjoying my life not enough and I'm pushing myself to the point where I'm about ready to break up? You need that balance and you need that discipline. And discipline's important. You need to say, Lord, help me with my discipline so that I do the things I need to do, so that I do read my Bible. Your flesh is never going to want to read your Bible, but you need to say, you know what? I'm going to open it. Here's what you do. Open your Bible and say, I'm just going to read one verse. Get down and start reading that verse and say, I'll read a second one. And the next thing you know, you're reading it. Okay, you got you to just open it up and start reading it. Give yourself, give yourself to the Spirit like that. Ask God for wisdom. Say, Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom how to not get myself in a position where I'm going to fail. Help me. If there's somebody that causes the worst in you, it might be best to avoid them. Okay? Don't hang around them. Um, if there's somebody at, at work that influences you to do wrong, try not to hang around them as much. You say, well, I just I don't know how I'm going to do They're going to think I'm a, a, a bad person. I'll tell you what, just start reading your Bible in front of them. Start witnessing, telling them about how you led someone to Christ the other night. You know what's going to happen? They're going to go away on their own. You don't have to worry about that. You need some wisdom. And finally, you need to have that relationship. So when you have all those things, walk with the Lord and have a relationship with Him and ask Him to help you have these things. And then what happens, listen, I guess I'm trying to make it plain so it doesn't seem like just very vague stuff. You have those things and then your relationship, you walk with the Lord by communicating with Him, by talking with Him. That's all it is, folks. That's all it is. Just communicating with Him, talking with Him. If the Lord Jesus Christ lived in your house, just I know He lives inside you, but He lives in your house and He's with you every day, it would be a lot harder to sin, wouldn't it? So talk with Him. He's there in the car, wherever you are, and walk with Him and have that relationship. And then what happens is what happens when you do that, you start dying to yourself, you start crucifying those those lusts and the you start not giving into the flesh. It's always going to be there. It's something you're going to have to renew every day. That's why Paul said, I die daily. And then you start walking with Him, and you start producing those fruits of the Spirit. The best thing you can do 
as far as the spirit, is get so far into the spirit, yes, you can always go back to the flesh, but build up enough stuff in the spirit that it takes a little bit longer to go over to the flesh. And that is what has been helped me. And sometimes if you're just fly by night and you're just doing whatever you want every day and just hoping that things go well, you're going to have trouble with the flesh every day because that flesh is going to pop up all the time. You need to pray. And like I told you this morning, when you get a chance, read your Bible. I know some of you can't read it at 3.30 in the morning, but read it when you get a chance and pray and ask God to give you wisdom about some things. And when you're at work and you feel that flesh rising up, or when you're at home and you feel that flesh rising up, pray. Don't set yourself up for failure. 99% of the time, you're going to set yourself up for failure because you, that's why Christians fail. We are not, uh, we are not uh, I totally forgot the verse. We're not ignorant to the devil's devices, right? You know what he's going to do. You know tomorrow what he's going to do. And you're going to walk right into it. Avoid it. Pass by it. I guess if I was going to sum this whole thing up, walk with Christ. Walk with him and ask him for those things, and he'll help you. You're having trouble because you're not walking with him. And that's what has helped me. I hope it helped you. Lord, thank you for uh, everyone's attention tonight.